Friday, November 8th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 10 Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com, like the numbers that we're going to quote throughout the show, I'm sure. On DraftSharks.com right now, you can find all of Jared's top picks for playing on Draft Kings this weekend. He's got you covered with picks for cash games and GPP lineups. I'll add some showdown notes for the Sunday night and Monday night games later this weekend. And come Saturday morning, you can find our lineups for round 10 of the Crown is Ass Challenge. Jared was just a big-time jerk in Week 9 in the Crown is Ass Challenge. He ruined by far my best lineup in this competition of the year. Beat me by four points, on, basically on a deep ball, on a late deep ball to Mike Williams. Jared, what do you have to say for yourself this week? Mm, is that what it was? I didn't realize it was the, the late Mike Will catch there. Yeah, a good week out of both of us here. You know, both topped 175 points. Um, I think Zach Ertz was the differentiator here, and you know that was a guy I was all over last week, so that was nice to see. I did play Aaron Jones, and looking back at it, I mean, I think that was a mistake at his price. I Man, I think we got like a you know very lowish end outcome out of Jones to get you know three point nine points out of him, but um, you know just um, paying seven thousand for a guy who really is in a committee, um, I, I think that was a mistake, but still, uh, still won in spite of it. Yeah, and he is a volatile player, and he's. He's one who can score at the level where he's at again this week, but he's not somebody that made it into my picks because of that volatility. Yeah, definitely not a not a cash play going forward as long as Jamal Williams is is healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't regret any selections from my lineup. You know, certainly he just beat me. I entered this lineup in six contests. I cashed in four of them. So even though uh, Dalvin Cook let me down a little bit, so uh, we'll we'll go back to it. I'll try to do whatever I did right last week and make sure that uh, you don't get that one player that pushes you over the edge. We'll both be back at it for Week 10. We'll show you our lineup Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Jared, why don't you start us off with a cash QB? Yeah, as much as I'd love to play Lamar Jackson this week, or really even Drew Brees, who, who I'll talk about in the tournament section here, but um, j- just looking at think how I'm going to build my cash lineup, I'm going to go cheap at quarterback this week, so it's going to be Ryan Tannehill for me at $5,100. Um, only three quarterbacks have scored more fantasy points than Tannehill over the past three weeks. His DraftKings points in those three games, 23.2, 19.4, and 28, so he, he's been He's been producing for us, and especially you know at that price tag, um, he, he's playing well. He's completed seventy percent of his passes over the last three weeks, averaging eight point three yards per attempt. PFF has him eighth in their passing grades over the past three weeks, and you know I, I like this matchup. Casey is pretty solid against the pass, but they're twenty fifth in DraftKings points allowed to quarterbacks because I think you know teams are constantly playing from behind and needing to throw against Kansas City, and with Patrick Mahomes back this week. I think that'll be the case. I think Tannehill will have to take to the air quite a bit on Sunday. Yeah, I like Tannehill at the price for all the reasons you stated. There's an array of options for how you want to build your team, you know, throughout the the price range. So Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, guys like that are are fine to certainly consider if they work with what else you're popping in there. I would prefer to go cheaper to get those high-priced running backs in particular. I also like Daniel Jones at 5,700. 
granted, he's he is riskier than you would probably like for a cash lineup, but with the Jets playing poorly in general, they traded away their top defensive lineman a couple weeks ago, Leonard Williams. Both of their starting corners are out now. Trumaine Johnson is on IR. Daryl Roberts suffered a calf injury in practice this week. It's tough for me to imagine a floor game from Daniel Jones this week, even if he doesn't give us a ceiling game. I think he's safe enough at this point to be a cash lineup quarterback. Yeah, the, the rushing helps with Daniel Jones. I, I wish he had, ideally, Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. Even one of those guys would be nice. I think the fact that Ingram and Shepard are both out has me shying away from Jones. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. On the tournament side, what do you like here? Yeah, Drew Brees, for me, um, you know, just can't think of a better spot. He's at home where you know he, he's been dominant just since the start of last season. He's averaged 333 passing yards and 2.9 touchdowns at home. He's topped 300 passing yards in seven of those nine home games. That's important on DraftKings with the uh, three-point bonus for 300 yards. He has three-plus touchdowns in six of those nine home games. And he's at home this Sunday for the Falcons, who are 31st in Football Outsiders past defense rankings. They're 27th in DK points allowed to quarterbacks. Saints have a 32.5 point implied total, easily highest on the week. Yeah, there's an array of options here. I think Breeze is certainly at the top of the list, especially because you can stack him with Michael Thomas. And really, I mean, that's about as safe a quarterback and lead wide receiver stack as you can get. Safe in both, you know, they've got terrific floor in in their home game and amazing ceiling, terrific efficiency between them. So certainly like starting with those guys, you can use Jameis Winston, either of his receivers. You can use Daniel Jones and Golden Tate, plus a tight end that we might be talking about a little bit later. Even Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, I think that might be the sneakier one here. Last time was the first time that Mark Andrews has fallen short of seven targets all season. He saw eight targets in the first meeting with the Bengals, caught six balls for 99 yards in that game. So, you know, Lamar Jackson is a good bet this week. And if you're going to stick a pass catcher with him, I think it's Mark Andrews for me. Yeah, I like Andrews better. I think you can consider Marquise Brown too, though. Mm -hmm. I agree. You can certainly consider that. Over at running back, Christian McCaffrey's price is still going up $10,500 this week. He costs $2,700 more than any other running back on the main slate. Of course, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott are on Sunday night. There are only two other running backs above $7,400, and yet still McCaffrey sits fourth in our DK dollars per point projections, and the three guys ahead of him all cost $5,700 or less. Yeah, and McCaffrey's actually first if you look at um, you know, the actual fantasy points per game he's averaged and divide that by his salary. He he comes in as the top value play at running back still. So I'm, you know, especially in this matchup, the Packers have not been good against the run, giving up 4.9 yards per carry on the season. They've also allowed the fifth most running back catches. So I'm going to definitely try to do whatever it takes to get McCaffrey in, in my cash lineup this week. Yeah, I agree with that. Who else do you like for cash? If you're going to use McCaffrey, you need a cheaper running back, I think, to to help make it work. And I like Ronald Jones at forty three hundred bucks. It's it's a little scary because I, you know, he he's definitely burned you before if you've used Ronald Jones. But you know, one, the price tag forty three hundred dollars, you know, sort of mitigates the risk a bit. And then Bruce Arians came out and said this week that you know Jones has earned the right to be the starter going forward. So I, I kind of trust that he's going to get you know fifteen or so carries in this game. Um, you know, doesn't have a huge role in the passing game, but did run a season high. 18 pass routes last week. So I do think he's a decent bet for like two or three catches. And of course the matchup's good here. You know, the Bucks are at home. They have a big implied total and the Cardinals are 16th in DK points allowed to running backs. 
Yeah, I I don't know whether Ronald Jones can catch the ball at all. It makes me hesitant with him. Certainly the price helps him out. I feel like I would probably go up to Devin Singletary at 5000 in in that range if I'm looking for somebody cheap, but I can I can absolutely understand the case for Ronald Jones. Yeah, I mean, not considering price, I prefer Singletary and even David Montgomery, but you know, you're saving 700 to 1000 bucks on Ronald Jones there. Mm-hmm. I went ahead and built a lineup to make sure it was possible to get Nick Chubb in there with Christian McCaffrey, and it is seven thousand bucks. There are some good values at wide receiver and tight end this week to help make that happen. Plus, getting a quarterback in the five K range helps. Nick Chubb, though, seven thousand bucks. He gets Buffalo, which is fifth against the pass, according to Football Outsiders, thirtieth against the run so far. So we already know they're a lopsided defensive matchup in favor of running the ball. It's the fourth friendliest matchup for running back scoring, according to our adjusted fantasy points allowed. Chubb is as good a bet as most any other back in the league, especially on the main slate, to get the carries. 19.3 carries per game for the season. He has no games short of 16. He's had 20 carries now in three straight games. And now the Browns are actually favored to win a game at home against Buffalo, so that can only help him. Kareem Hunt is going to be around for the first time. We'll see what that means. I have a hard time believing that it means anything close to an even split, though. I think we'll get plenty of Nick Chubb touches. We'll see what Kareem Hunt gets to complement that. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that you're you're going with Chubb in cash because I have him as my tournament play, and I'm sort of hoping his disappointing Week 9, plus the fact that Kareem Hunt is back, sort of gets people off him. Because I do agree. I, I still think Nick Chubb is a good bet for 20-plus touches this week. And like you said, Buffalo has not been good against the run. They've allowed... 4.9 yards per carry through running backs over their last four games. And I totally agree with Chubb being in the tournament mix too, because not, I mean, regardless of how highly owned he ends up being for those, he brings ceiling like few other running backs do. And especially when Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook are off of the slate. It's tough, tough to find too many running backs besides Christian McCaffrey that have higher ceilings than Chubb in this matchup. Yep, exactly. You know, he has, he has two games this season of 30 plus DraftKings points already. I will throw in on the tourney side David Montgomery at 5300 bucks. I don't like him or the Bears enough in cash despite the price and the matchup, but he's 7th among running backs in our DK dollars per point. Uh, Detroit's allowing the most PPR points per game to running backs on the season. Just their past four games have included three 100-plus yard rushers. Montgomery should get volume in this situation, the home game where his team is favored against this defense that's weak against the run, but... We've seen the past four games now, 11, 2, 27, and 14 carries for Montgomery. For the season, he's averaging 17.3 carries in games that they won, 12.0 in games that they lost, and even that 12.0 is inflated by the 27 carries he got in the loss to the Chargers. And he also has nine targets over the last two games, how much you like to see. So I, I, I think Montgomery is in play for cash. I'm not sure I'll end up using him, but I think he's an option at this price. Yeah, I agree that you can consider him, but he's he's way too flimsy enough for me to tout him as a cash guy. That's that's totally fair. And speaking of ball carriers, let's take a minute to talk about Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jared, when you've been married as long as I have, you need to figure out ways to keep things fresh, ways to impress your mate. I'm not really the clean-shaven type, so I did not know the first thing about manscaping. Honestly, I didn't even know that the term only referred to the Southern Hemisphere. When I learned that, got a little nervous. Fortunately, I got the perfect package kit from manscaped.com. Makes the whole deal so easy. I can highly recommend the Lawnmower 2.0. It's a trimmer that is 100% waterproof. It is safe to touch. It is quiet. It's safe to use on those sensitive areas. 
you know, you can have it in the shower with you. It, you won't have kids asking why dad has a toy in the bathroom. You can get away with it. You certainly don't have to be my age for this stuff to be important either. You don't have to have kids. Even if you have a baby face like Jared's, if you've only been married for a few years, personal grooming is going to help you impress whoever you're trying to impress. As a listener of the DS podcast, you're eligible to get 20% off and free shipping on all orders at manscaped.com with the code DRAFTSHARKS. That's no space. 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. So just head over to their website, manscaped.com, shop around, find the ideal package for you. Make sure you type in the promo code DRAFTSHARKS, all one word, at checkout. You can save yourself some money. At wide receiver, what do you like for cash? Yeah, so I rarely pay up for wide receivers and cash games, but I'm going to pay up for Michael Thomas this week. 8300 bucks. I mean, we, we know how good he's been this season. He leads all wide receivers in DraftKings points, averaging 24.5 per game. He, like Drew Brees, has been much more productive at home. Since the start of last season, Thomas averaging 9.1 catches, 111 yards, and .75 touchdowns per game at home. And he gets the Falcons, of course, fifth most DraftKings points allowed to wide receivers. And it, it is possible to, to have McCaffrey and Michael Thomas in the same lineup. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think you'd be able to get McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, and Michael Thomas. But I agree, if instead of Nick Chubb you want to get Michael Thomas in there, I absolutely agree that that's doable. And he has as high a floor as anybody at the position. For sure. Uh, I'm going to go with some chalk here. Christian Kirk at 5,200 so I can afford those running backs I mentioned. 12th among wideouts and targets per game for the season so far. 16th in receptions per game. Last week was the first time that Christian Kirk fell short of four catches in a game this year. Came against the Niners. I'm going to go ahead and throw that one out. Six plus catches in three of his previous four games before that one. And of course, the Tampa defense this week is the strongest scoring matchup for four wide receivers. And by a wide margin, they're adding nearly 50% scoring two wide receivers. Next on that list is Oakland, which is adding about 23%. We saw the ultimate ceiling in the Tampa Bay pass defense for receiver scoring last week against Seattle. There's, you know, there's the chance that we get it again this week. For Kirk, only Robert Woods and Mike Williams have more targets on the season without scoring a receiving touchdown than Kirk does. And Kirk sits sixth in our DK dollars per point projections. Yep, I love Kirk. Definitely a cash play. was hoping to use him in tournaments, but I think he's coming in at, what, like 24% projected ownership. So if he's going to be that popular, I might have to fade him in tournaments. Yeah, it's certainly fadeable in tournaments. I wouldn't call him a full fade because I think there's a good reason that he's up at that high ownership. I mean, he's he's set up to be like one of the big producers this week. And what we've seen, too, in DFS this year is everybody is a lot more on plays <laughs> like this at this yeah. point. Yeah, no, that, I mean, again, I think there's every reason in the world for Kirk to be that high owned. I, I, I just don't like playing wide receivers of that ownership, especially when, you know, there, there's other wideouts in that range I like. I mean, DJ Moore is right there. Marquise Brown, again, I think he's interesting. He obviously has a much lower floor. And then Sammy Watkins is also, you know, $100 cheaper than Christian Kirk. Yeah, I agree with Sammy Watkins this week. Uh, Golden Tate for 5900 against the Jets, I think, is also uh, in cash consideration there. Yep, makes sense. On the tourney side, who you got? I'm going Devonta Adams here, 6900 bucks, which is the cheapest he's been this season for sure, and the cheapest I think he's been for a while now. Um, you know, only scored 11 DraftKings points in his in, in his return last week, but the usage was all there. 84% of the snaps, 88% of Aaron Rodgers' dropbacks, saw a team high 11 targets. That was a 31% target share. Um, you know, the, the Panthers have been tough against the pass this season, but James Bradbury, their top cornerback, and the guy I think you know would probably shadow Adams on Sunday is iffy for this game with a groin injury. So if Bradbury's out, that only helps Adams match up. 
Yeah, that's a significant help for him there. Uh, in the same range, I want to throw out Julio Jones at 7,500. It's That's a low salary for him. He's sitting at below 8% ownership projection right now, so you're going to get him at a much lower ownership than usual. And, you know, it looks like a spot where the Atlanta offense is going to struggle, and it might, but I this is why I would be on Julio without being on his quarterback because even if they can't find the end zone, I think we're going to see plenty of targets and receptions for Julio Jones. In his four meetings with the Saints, since Marshawn Lattimore arrived in New Orleans, Julio has gone five catches for 98 yards, seven for 149, five for 96, 11 for 147. He saw 11 plus targets in three of those games. I think the Falcons are going to be chasing here. I think we'll see lots of work for Julio. So I I think getting him in the lineup without Matt Ryan makes sense. And if you don't want to spend up for Julio, if you don't have money for that, then I think Calvin Ridley makes sense Mm -hmm. because he's $2,100 less. And again, it's going to be pretty concentrated if they are throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, but I like Ridley a lot. I think he's even a cash option at that price. The, The Julio Jones numbers against the Saints are funny they're, they're just typical Julio Jones all those catches all those yards but but no touchdowns <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I also like Jamison Crowder down at 5,000 bucks he's actually down $300 in salary from last week and his own rate is not super high at the moment below 10% despite uh, the good game last time out Giants are positive matchup overall for wide receivers and they have a sixth round rookie Corey Ballantyne playing slot corner it's just going to be his second start he took over that spot against the Cowboys on Monday night. And in that game, the Cowboys attacked the middle of the field. Nine targets for Jason Witten, eight for Randall Cobb, were the top two on the team in targets. And two weeks ago, the Lions hit uh, Danny Amendola with eight targets, just five for Marvin Jones in that game. So it looks like an area that teams are attacking against the Giants right now. Yeah, I like Crowder. Another guy in that you know $5,000-ish range that I think makes sense. Down at tight end, what you got first? I'll save the I'll save the minimum price guy for you. I'm assuming you're on that way. If not, we, we can talk about him. But I'm going to go with Mike Jasicki here. Um, Thirty one hundred dollars. His usage has already been up. You know, he's he's averaged five targets per game um, since Miami returned from their bye week. Now you have Preston Williams gone. He's leaving behind seven point five targets per game. I I don't think Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson are going to soak up a ton of those. I really think Jasicki is you know going to be a strong volume bet the rest of the way here. I like him at this price tag. Matchup's good too. The Colts are twenty four and DK points allowed to tight ends. I went light on notes for Rhett Ellison because I thought you were using them too. <laughs> nah. But at 2500 bucks, see, I, I, I don't see a reason to use Mike Jacecki because I can get the same guy, I think, in Rhett Ellison at 2500 <laughs> save those $600. He has seen 27 targets in the five games he has played without Evan Engram since the start of last season. Of course, that's when Pat Shermer arrived, so that's why that's a significant range. That's 5.4 targets per game over those five contests. In the NFL this year, only 10 tight ends are averaging more than 5.4 targets per game. So that's a top 12 number. Of course, this game also is not going to have Sterling Shepard in it. So there are more targets available. We've already mentioned the Jets are a bit of a pushover as a pass defense at this point with some corners injured. There's not much to dislike, and the, the minimum price is really the biggest thing to like. Yeah, I think with Allison and, and, and Jasicki, you're getting the same volume projection I, I just think Jasicki has the higher ceiling because of his athleticism so if I have the extra 600 bucks I want to try to get up to him but if it if it, if it, if it doesn't work I'll, I'll you know I'll go down to Red Ellison at 2500 yeah, I think you should use those dollars and go up from Ronald Jones to Devin Singletary 
Uh, that's a seven hundred dollar difference, right? So it wouldn't work out one to one. But yeah, it's a it's a consideration. I got gotcha. you on the tournament side. Who's your tight end? Jared Cook for me. I think you know he's an interesting guy to stack with Drew Brees. I mean, I think pretty much everyone who uses Brees in a tournament is going to stack him with Michael Thomas. So I, I'd use Thomas and Jared Cook. I think um, nothing special about this individual matchup for Cook. The Falcons are actually 15th in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings, but they're 21st in DK points allowed to tight ends. They've given up four uh, tight end touchdowns over the last four games now. And with Cook, I think you're just getting the lead tight end for this team that we expect to score a whole bunch of points. So he's a good touchdown bet. And FanShare is projecting him for sub one percent ownership. No one's no one's on Jared Cook this week for whatever reason. Yeah, anytime that you can get a Drew Brees pass catcher for bottom barrel owned rate, that's not a bad bet to take. Yep, I'm gonna go to TJ Hawkinson week thirty nine hundred bucks. Football Outsiders has the Bears sixth, tenth, and thirteenth in coverage against the three wide receiver spots that they measure. Twenty seventh in coverage against tight ends. We saw it bear out last week against the Eagles when not only did Zach Ertz have a big day, but Dallas Goddard added four catches. They combined for 13 receptions, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Hawkinson last week had seven targets, only caught three of them, had good yardage in that one. He's had lots of red zone targets already this season that just didn't quite get fulfilled There is a big game coming at some point from him. I want to be on board for it. I'm going to be on board this week in case it happens against the Bears. I'm sort of with you with that that FOMO with Hawkinson. I've been been playing him so often, I kind of want to just keep tossing him in a lineup just in case his breakout week comes. Yeah, I got to be there when it happens. (laughs) Over at Flex, where's your focus? Uh, So in cash, it'll be one of those cheaper running backs we talked about. Uh, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, or Ronald Jones. Tournament side, I think Damian Williams is an interesting tournament play. He's in that same price range as those three running backs. I think he his his touch volume isn't quite as safe, but I think he has higher upside. So I'm interested in him. And then a wide receiver um, mentioned Hollywood Brown, sort of like him. And then on the cheap cheap side, um, Josh Reynolds at thirty eight hundred dollars. You know, he's he's averaged 0.75 touchdowns per game in his eight games as you know one of the Rams' top three wide receivers over the past two seasons. And then Ted Ginn is another cheap guy you could. Um, stack up with with uh, Drew Brees. Yep, I'll throw in David Johnson into consideration at fifty seven hundred bucks is a good price for him. I like him better mm-hmm. in a tournament lineup than cash because I don't know whether Arizona is going to be able to run the ball, and I don't really know what his target count's going to look like after the Kenyon Drake game, and you know, in this matchup that's so good for the wide receivers. So David Johnson right. certainly, you know, you can consider him for a cash lineup. I don't think he's a bad play there, but I like him better on the tournament side. And I'll throw in also in the 5K range, Mark Andrews from tight end, Jamison Crowder, Sammy Watkins, we mentioned briefly, he's at 5,100. So nice price there. Yeah, that David Johnson price is super interesting. I'm probably going to use him in a tournament lineup. On defense, my starting point is the Arizona D at 2,200 bucks because of the price plus the upside of the matchup with the Bucs. There's, there's sack and turnover upside to that. I would try to get up to the Packers at 3,200, though. I like them against the Panthers. There's a mismatch in pressure here. that The Panthers enter this game with the eighth worst adjusted sack rate allowed, according to Football Outsiders. Green Bay's defense is ninth best in adjusted sack rate. So there's obviously sack upside. There's also some turnover upside. The Packers are ninth best in the league in turnover rate on defense so far this year. Kyle Allen threw zero interceptions in his first four games. He's thrown four over his past two. He also rather quietly fumbled the ball six times over his first three starts. So definitely Mm -hmm. a turnover upside, I think, to Kyle Allen. 
Yeah, I had the Packers down um, as my tournament play. I think, t- to me, they're a little too expensive for cash. And then I do think there's some downside if they just, you know, can't stop Christian McCaffrey. Um, but, I, but I definitely see the upside. My, my favorite cash play is the Browns at 2500 bucks. You know, they're at home. They're, they are slight favorites. Bills have the fourth lowest implied total of the week at just 19 points. And then, you know, you're getting plenty of turnover upside with Josh Allen under center. Yeah, I like the Browns as well. Interesting to note that the, the highest – Uh, ownership projections right now are the Steelers, the Ravens, Browns, Colts. The Steelers one was a little bit surprising, even though they're pro. Yeah, disappointed in that. I I wanted to use them in tournaments, but at the ownership, I probably won't. Told you, everybody's too sharp at this point. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. All right, that's going to do it for this Week 10 edition of our DraftKings podcast. You can head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full Week 10 rankings and mess around with the lineup builder tool while you're there. You can find DK dollars per point projections, ceiling projections, customizable strategy options. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who we are playing against each other in the next round of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaufdian. Thanks so much for swimming with us. 